This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Postmortem Studios. You know Postmortem, that's Grim Jim, our good friend and supporter of the show, can always be counted on for cranking out amazing content, great ideas, and generally has contributed in a super positive way to the hobby for the last 20 plus years. Check out Whitechester, the big bad prison city of the damned where your party tackles an urban and grim setting, haha, <laughs> pun intended. There's also a conversion kit for those of you that are DCC fans where you can take Whitechester and pop it into everyone's favorite D30 game. Lots of other good stuff, actual fucking monster, and TPK, his new supplement that allows you to balance and challenge encounters for just about any OSR game. Postmortem Studios, post-mort.com is where you need to check out some of Grimm's wares. He supports us. You should support him. Find something awesome, sleazy, sexy, and just plain good for your table. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 everybody. It is I, Ryan David. Thank you for turning in this week for another action-packed episode of Nerd Cognito. It's going to be a good, good week, but I couldn't do it without my two partners. Let's bring them in, as always. What's going on with Bert? Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. I uh, am loading up my already insane schedule with lots of gaming. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I sort of alluded to it the other day on the Speakeasy with Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? Hey, 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 everybody. How you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar, trying to get some prep in before the show for a bunch of different stuff. Uh, you know, inappropriate characters dropped this past Sunday. So taking a little yep. breather from that great episode with our friends, Miguel and Sylvia from the red room, since, you know, vendors on a fucking boat <laughs> doing something <laughs> but um no it was a it was an excellent show always a treasure to have miguel and especially hey sylvia what's going on uh <laughs> good time with the red room this past sunday night on inappropriate characters and uh, i've been inspired you know we talked a couple weeks ago about my gaming drought so to speak, and in typical RD fashion, I overcompensated and am now starting another group. So that will bring me up to three gaming groups in a week. Wow. <laughs> I'll just counterbalance that with my 80 hours of regular day job stuff. <laughs> oh, man, you're either my hero or a glutton for punishment. I'm not sure. Bert, how was your week? That was great. I had two game days this week. Uh, we got into Fate, and then I ran my Fallout group that we talked on the podcast before. Excellent. I ran them yesterday. So Spectacular. Kyle, did you get done this week? Uh, we've got a listener who uh, is apparently been working on it for some time, a uh, retro clone of 2E, AD&D 2E. I know and, you uh, sent this to me as a yeah. as an opportunity for me to get a little sneak peek of it. I, I have not had a chance to look at it right now. I mean, I could blow smoke up everybody's house. Hey, yeah, looking at it. No, I, I just haven't had an opportunity. But 2E holds a soft spot in my heart, so it will definitely get some FaceTime. Yeah, it's a, 
it's it's good it's good what i've seen so far i mean i'm, I'm not going to say too much um it's uh i haven't done a deep dive into it no i see if see a few things but it's mostly like editorial stuff that yeah. i'm gonna say you know hey fix this fix that but yeah it looks pretty good that's fair good. that's fair uh, we're gonna start the show on a creepy note we're gonna talk about undead and their role not just in your game, but in the genre and in the hobby all the way around. So what undead are great fits for certain parties of certain levels, certain makeups? How do you treat undead in your game? And what's your favorite undead? I got some news, as always. And then on the flip side of the news, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Ryan has a Wizards of the Coast conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, that that's a shock, but um, it's really looking like it's going to happen, boys, and I have a really good track record calling this shit back now, what, two and a half years, so um, I don't want to say I'm perfect, but the track record for calling Wizards bullshit has been spotless. So this is one I actually, not just, you know, tongue-in-cheek cliche, hope that I'm wrong. For my hobby and my nostalgia, I really pray that I am wrong with this one. But we're going to talk about that on the flip side of the news. So you definitely want to sit tight and suffer through the news with us so that you can hear this thing. Uh, <laughs> it's creepy, it's crawly, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't like it, but I have to talk about it. You know what else is creepy and crawly? Things popping up out of the ground and chasing you. <laughs> Why is that arm coming out of the the tomb? Um, the undead, right? Uh, definitely a trope in the hobby. Some people go so far as to say, oh, undead are overused. I happen to love using undead in my campaign. I think that as human animals, one of the things that we grapple with is the concept of death and finality. And undead speaks to us on different personal levels as we are portraying our characters, and that bleeds in a little bit. And we know from last week, I sometimes like to intertwine real-life discomfort into a game. Uh, Bert, you, <laughs> you yelled at me. People thought it was great, by the way. Uh, you blew yeah. up the X machine with all of oh, our fans when you were yelling at me. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> they thought it was spectacular. Hey, we disagree sometimes. No, we it's do. A, you know, we do. You so don't believe it, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about undead, my friend? Let's see if we can agree this week. Undead. I love, there's uh, so many different ways to use them. I mean, uh, personally, some of my favorites are undead that, you don't see coming. Like if you're exploring a tomb, you expect undead. But like one of my favorite undead to work into my adventures was like the drowned ones. Nobody expects to go on a seafaring adventure and wind up fighting zombies. They expect sea monsters or mermen or 
you know, weather problems. I love Sahagin too, but that's for another show. (laughs) Right. So the drowned ones were always one of my favorite ones because you don't expect undead on a ship voyage. The characters don't normally prep spells for them and they have to kind of adjust on the fly. Right. And drowned Um, ones are interesting because there's not a lot to them mechanically. They're effectively a waterborne zombie. Right. But I think drowned ones are a great example of how the different themes of undead can fit into the game. You know, um, just the different possibilities Absolutely. to torture that dark corner of the brain. Now, one of my absolute favorite undead, nobody ever remembers. So it's really obscure. Oh, well, well, uh, look. Yeah, Let's what is it? Play bro? a game. Give give Kyle some clues and see if he can pick. I I probably will get it just because I've played with you for so long. Okay, it uh, it can hide in plain sight. It spreads disease, and it comes from corpses that have been killed by acid. Which game are we talking about? D and D. Okay. Uh, you got me stumped. I was going to say, you're going to be angry when you hear this one. Go ahead, Bert. I probably know it, but yeah. Blood rot. Mm. It's the undead ooze. It will infect a creature with blood fever and then hide inside it. It's pretty much a black pudding that eats you from the inside out. Okay. Only never, the uh, undead never variety of it. Yeah, never, never played it. Never used that one. Never encountered it in any of my games either. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, The only reason that I, and it is a little more obscure, but the reason that I knew what he was talking about right away was I had a mad scientist that was in a campaign and uh, he was, he was a sub villain, right? He wasn't the main villain for the the party at the time, but uh, they could not figure out this uncanny just spree of disgusting death that was going through the one village and it turns out as part of his experimentation he was injecting blood rot into the populace so you know he would roofie the girl down at the tavern take her back to his place and instead of having his way with her he had his way with his syringe wait a minute that sounds dirty Uh, let me put this inside of you baby (laughs) um that also sounds dirty that Uh, sounds dirty too there's no way you could he wasn't asking for permission you know it's not like he went and got a checklist and said can i do this to you sweetheart no wait that was last (laughs) ryan ryan what about you kyle what kind of undead do you like well, here's my take on the undead. Everyone says, oh, that's a trope. Everybody uses undead. Yeah, for a reason. I've always said tropes are trope for a reason because they work, right? And every single culture on the face of this planet has legends and myths and stories about creatures that come back from the dead to harm or consume the living. And so it, it's almost like a, a some sort of unco- uh, collective unconscious archetype that exists within our species. So I think it's very powerful um, when done properly. The, the other nice thing, of course, is we're all horror fans here and nothing speaks horror like, like uh, you know, a, a good undead encounter uh, to get people the heebie-jeebies. Um, I would agree with that. So, 
I'm, I'm going to go with a bit of an obscure one too. Probably not as obscure as yours, Bert, but, uh, and I, and I, it's difficult for me to pronounce this. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce this. I say Penangolin. Ooh, good choice. It's a sister to my choice. Um, I actually was on a stream yeah. that fought one in uh, yeah. a Scarlet Heroes campaign. Nasty, okay. nasty, nasty, uh -huh. nasty. Uh -huh. Tell the folks what and why. I'm curious as to why this particular breed of what it is. I'll let you do the big reveal. Why this right. is your choice. Okay. Well, the, the Penangolin is a, it's a vampiric entity. So it's a vampire essentially, um, in the form of a, usually a young woman and it, at least the, from the, the tits up. Right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the head comes off of the corpse with all the entrails and the heart and the lungs still attached to like the, the neck portion. So you've got this disembodied head floating around with entrails stringing down and blood and gore. And, you know, it does what vampires do. It's trying to uh, consume the life force of the living. Uh, and, you know, in the, in the process can create more penangolins. Um, it's, a, it's a Malaysian myth is where it comes from. It's from Malaysia. Um, the reason that I think this is so, it's one of my favorites is because, just because of the absolute, totally weird, like the old weird tales magazine. I mean, this is just weird stuff, man. The head comes off and the entrails are hanging down and it's floating towards me and it's, you know, with its fangs out and you know, what the hell, you know, that's crazy. Anyway, the head reattaches, um, before the sun comes up and then becomes, uh, what appears to be a complete young woman again. Uh, they can be terrifying creatures if if described properly. They're also pretty tough. No, they're 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 disgusting in all forms, right? Uh, right. I've, I, I've seen them in D and I've seen them in other systems, and rightly so. They're pretty gross. They're pretty gross. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I was torn between vampire and my final choice for my. I don't know if it's my all-time favorite but it's a favorite undead that i like to use and i opted for this one on the fly because <laughs> because of kyle's choice i didn't want to go vampire vampire but also because it's sort of the forgotten undead it's the undead that is really really a challenge but it's also really really common in pop culture myth legend pulp and that is the mummy uh the ah. mummy gotta Spe love mummies man specifically the mummy as written generally across all editions of dungeons and dragons mummy ain't nothing to sneeze at man if you're fighting no, a mummy they are tough motherfuckers mm -hmm. and yeah, very very creative use of mechanics going all the way back to, to, to their inception in the hobby. So, um, and, and plus, you know, it, it brings in other factors, right? It brings in a different set of tactics to take down the mummy. Plus you have other intangibles that you have to consider like disease, right? Mummy rod is not right. something you want to catch. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, no. 
So uh, I, I, you know, tip my hat to the silver screen legends of mm-hmm. yesteryear, but there's a reason that they are legends. And uh, look at it. We, we had it covered. We had zombies and we had vampires and we had mummies. And that's, yeah. that's what it is. So, yeah. You know, one of the things though that I've noticed is that uh, the three creatures we picked, they're all kind of geared towards higher level characters. You know? They are. Um, well, so Bert's maybe. Bert's maybe, yeah. But to, to piggyback off of your mummy, do you remember coffer corpses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. They're 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 like mummy light. I was gonna say it's right? mummy light, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like Dilemma they're like mummy. Hit. Yeah, they're like two hit dice. They're still formidable. They can only be hit by magic weapons. Um, you know, they're they they can be a lot of fun for you know if you if you want to throw something unusual at a lower level group. Hey, Just throwing let, that out there. Let's not even discount some of the generics. Skeletons are, are are a pain in the ass, especially if you've got a bunch of cavaliers that are wielding edged weapons. Right. Uh, yep. There's there's no shame in the skeleton game, and yep. man, higher levels. We talked about it when we did hordes. You just throw a fuck ton of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> throw 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 a horde of skeletons at them. Uh, ghouls are often underappreciated simply because of their uh, ability to paralyze. Uh, they could they could take out a party real quick at at any level. If you, you know, if you, especially if you throw like a horde of them out there. Right, and if you advance the ghoul as the DM, right, it, it, it becomes even worse. Um, I had a ghoul template that I overlaid onto a dire bear once. So it was a dire bear ghoul and that thing almost TPK'd the party. I bet it would paralyze them and then eat the fuck. (laughs) 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 They're like, this this isn't in the book. I'm like, I know, (laughs) I know (laughs) should should do a, a, cocaine ghoul bear oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) oh man just rage insanity undead hunger all in the format of a bear the headlines in the newspapers are going to read carnage in the hills (laughs) Uh, yeah that's right no undead doesn't get the love that it really really deserves and people are shying away from it. Now, we know who those people may be, but that's also because it's scary. And I, I never I never coped with the death of my father, you know. He went out for cigarettes when I was four, and then he came back in a box uh, 20 years later. Oh, oh no, no, uh, Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, headlines, headlines, headlines. That's what we've got today. Uh, uh-huh. This just in. Not too many, but enough that are important. I don't think there's a lot that really makes my skin crawl. There's, okay, there's some that makes my skin crawl, but not a lot. Let's take a look at what we've got. Uh, I should give you guys the option. Um, do we <laughs> want to talk about... A beloved video game role-playing series that's coming to tabletop through a translation. Or do Uh, we want to talk about a beloved manga and anime series that's coming to tabletop through uh, a translation? 
either way, you're going to be disappointed. So make your choice, boys. <laughs> I'm, not an anim- one. I'm not an anime or manga guy, so I don't know. Maybe we ought to throw that out first, and I'll just sit here and listen. All right, we'll sit there and listen. Surely you know, or at least know of, Ghost in the Shell. Yes, I do. Well, there's a tabletop adaptation of this huge property, and it's set to arrive next year. You know, we say next year, and it sounds far away. It's less than a quarter away. <laughs> yeah, like three months. Yeah. Um, Ghost in the Shell, coming sometime in 2024 is all we need to know. Uh, excitement, except it's being produced by river horse games does that ring a bell for you guys what else have they made ryan why do i know that name you know that name from two different channels from both tabletop and the board game channel in the tabletop world my little pony tales of equestria is their property no Uh that's not how i know it (laughs) (laughs) and in the board game world jim henson's labyrinth Hunger Games, Pacific Rim, and the Terminator board game adaptations were produced by them. Here's uh. the problem. All five of those things that I just rattled off that were their former properties were steaming piles of dog shit. <laughs> Putting- I, mean, I really... I really wanted to like Labyrinth. My uh, I did wife too. is a huge fan of that movie, and I always watched it growing up, and then the game was just not good. No, the game was not good for any of those. And I'm setting aside the whole Sparkle Troll My Little Pony rant here. Whatever. Play Pony Finder. At least Dave Silver had the stands to come on. <laughs> yeah, really. But generally speaking, if you're not playing to an audience of children that needs lighter mechanics and more story-driven game, the game itself from Nuts and Bolts, because I remember when it released, I said, I am going to look at this with fidelity before I take a diarrhea shit all over it. (laughs) Because while I am not one that will shy away from dropping trowel and letting fly when I need to, I also only want to do it when it's justified. And sure enough... The pants came off, the cheeks got <laughs> spread, and away I went. Wow. None of these games have a good history. They snap up IPs. They're very much the Modifius model. We were talking about this off the air, right, Bert? Right, but with Modifius, a lot of times it's at least playable. They have a, Modifius have a has a system it. that's actually pretty good. Right. <sighs> I, I too wanted to like the board games in particular labyrinth and terminator mm-hmm. and they were not good mm-hmm. and if you can't get it right mechanically for a board game right there's lots of reasons a board game is going to fail uh ttrpgs actually have an easier entry for a designer than a board game right because board right. game yeah. we've got the components We've got the production, we've got the actual cardboard, and then you have the mechanics that have to be deep enough for players like us, but light enough that it can be played in a two, three, four, worst case scenario, five hour stint. Right. Whereas a, a traditional tabletop role playing game, you have more latitude because 
you only have one of those moving pieces. I'm not saying that making a role-playing game is an easy thing to do. Trust me, I am not, right? We know, I've talked about the struggles that I have had personally in this arena. Uh, I'm just saying, in my creative mind, right, I put myself in the shoes of the creators. I think a board game is a lot harder because you have all of those other factors as considerations. They have failed on every major front. I listed the five most well-known titles that they produced, and all five of them were panned, not just by me, in general. Go to Board Game Geek. I don't often advocate people go there because their metrics are all fucking skewed and the board game community is even more insane than the Sparkle Trolls, like 10 times more insane. But go there and look, right? It's not good. Read the reviews for content, not for Vim. It's not good. And Tales of Equestria, we know. It was a joke. It was so awkward. Setting aside, you know, My Little Pony aside, the actual mechanics of the bones, the system, it was just awkward. So... I think that a Ghost in the Shell concept game really would have some legs, right? I mean, especially with the revival of cyberpunk and things like that. Yeah, I could see that going pretty far. And it it allows limitless opportunity because, you know, you're literally inside of a simulation thematically. Um, Kyle, I know you're not an anime guy, but go and watch the original Ghost in the Shell movie when you have some time spectacular i'm not saying read the the manga because that's that's a whole investment the original animated film amazing okay amazing it it really is and like all good things the cash grab is real folks so Mm. and i'm you know i'm not one to criticize making money will it probably make money because of the name yeah People are going to have it on their shelf, and it'll sit there and look very pretty on the shelf, but I can't see it getting a lot of table time. Do they usually crowdsource their funding? They are. I would assume that they're going to. Okay. Um, I I haven't really stayed on top of it because I really wanted Labyrinth to be good. I was actually in on the crowdfunder for Labyrinth, and then the more that came out, it was one that I pulled at the last minute. I said, discretion is the better part of valor here. And the game is generally regarded now as something, if you can find it on clearance that you buy just for the miniatures and you throw the game away. Mm. So, yeah. That's too bad. That's too bad. That was a great movie. I like Labyrinth. I like Terminator. Right. They're all really good movies and it just didn't work. Well, I guess mm-hmm. continuing that thought, since there was a little board game and tabletop game blending going on, I am going to move on to what I would consider to be the premier online retailer of board and tabletop role-playing games. Cool Stuff, Inc., Surely you guys have heard of them. Heard they, of them, yeah. They, along with Amazon, have systematically eaten the lunch of local gaming stores over the last 10 years. Right. This is a tell. 
Cool Stuff Inc. is phasing out its board and RPG game selections in both its online and six brick-and-mortar stores as the result as the result of a strategic decision to emphasize TCGs. Really? They've given up. I've often talked about how hard it is to be profitable, specifically in the board game market. Kyle, you and I talked about that on the speak a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But generally in the gaming market period outside of cards, right? I've pointed to some inside numbers that I know from a local gaming store that show that no less than 70% of the revenue comes from cards, be it Pokemon, wow. be it more, be it Lorcana, be it magic. Right. The biggest player, not counting Amazon in the online gaming market is walking away. That says something says two things says that there's a still no money in selling board games, sadly, unless you can right. get volume, right? If you're an Amazon or a target, you can get the volume. Uh-huh. And it says, number two, nobody's buying anything. So when you hear these stories, the hobby is stronger and bigger than it's ever been. Bull uh. fucking shit, people. Buy some games with your hair dye money. And support the creators that you love. Uh, cool stuff. Always did good business, in my opinion. Um, I, I did watch them, obviously, for uh, pricing and competitive reasons. Right. But um, this came as a huge surprise and shock to me. Maybe, maybe it's more valuable to me than it is to you guys or the rest of the audience just because... I, I, you know, I like them. Sure, they took a huge chunk out of the local gaming store, but they did business right. And if you were going to buy something online, I'd rather you support them because at the end, it was still they're a store, right? right? As opposed to an Amazon or something like that. Uh, right. Bert, do you ever buy from Cool Stuff? I've purchased from Cool Stuff in the past. Yeah, a couple of times. I've purchased a few things from Cool Stuff, Inc. Yeah. yeah I, I, I remember... Cool Stuff was the only place where I could find the one missing Eldritch Horror expansion that I had, that I needed, <laughs> right? It was no longer available through distribution. Somehow I missed it. I got it at Cool Stuff. And I didn't pay an arm and a leg for it. I paid market price for it. So less than MSRP. So I thought that they did good business. They could have easily jacked that up to double or triple, and they didn't. I had to wait forever for it, right? It was it was wait for it to come in and then hope that I was the one that put it in my shopping cart, and I was, but that was my fault, you know, for not picking it up when I should have, when I had them just laying around. Um, I don't know how that fell through the cracks. Anyway, uh, Cool Stuff, Inc., <laughs> I guess that's it. That's it for my business because I don't have an interest in chasing the cards anymore. Yeah, that's no, I, I do find it very interesting that they're stepping away from it. I find it very disheartening, actually. That's it's really weird to me. But I mean, I guess what you say, I mean, obviously they're making a business decision. Sure. And 
I, yeah, I don't think that they made this lightly either because they had some serious infrastructure in place for their online model to the point where, you know, they had the shipping channels down. They had the option to ship it to one of their stores. So if you could do a local pickup, you could. Um, it is, I guess, a shock, if, if nothing else. It really, I didn't yeah. see it coming. I did not yeah. see it coming. Yeah. Oh, well. Huh card games i guess we're all just going to be playing card games from now on bert that's all we're gonna do oh i sure hope not those collectibles get expensive some of my nephews are into that and i was like oh you want to keep your kids off drugs get them addicted to a trading card (laughs) (laughs) it's so very true it is well microsoft's acquisition of activision is pretty much done it's a 69 billion with a b dollar deal and the one of the last hurdles that they were looking for was the uk approval and uh it looks like they got an unofficial green light making this the largest tech merger of all time why is this a big deal well because you got microsoft with their hardware platforms and software platforms being xbox and windows Mm-hmm. Now buying a significant portion of the video game market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at Call of Duty, right? You're looking at all of the Activision Blizzard titles, World of Warcraft, Diablo. Um, it's it's a big deal. There's not a lot of love for Microsoft. <laughs> there never has been. Um, no. They've always been the one thing that we had to consistently swallow because there was no other game in town and now literally there is going to be very few games in town because of this merger so it's going to put them in a position where they are the dominant player in all of gaming that's bad news for pricing as AAA games are now already clocking in at 70 or 80 dollars base mm-hmm Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to have essentially an empty price tag that they scrawl in the number on for certain titles. And if you think about how rabid some of the fan bases are, not my cup of tea, but something like Call of Duty. Right. They're going to be able to print money. The joke was that Blizzard used to just be able to print money on its own thanks to World of Warcraft. And then spitting out Diablo was like a passion project that gave them a big influx. That's just a piece of it. Now you have that and the entire distribution of Activision Blizzard going into Microsoft. The only light at the end of this tunnel for me is I do have an Activision Blizzard bond that I'm holding. <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, with their, uh, you know, if they get a stranglehold hold on those titles, it also lets them cut out, you know, their competitors when it comes to platforms. You know, you're going to not see call of duty maybe on playstation or on nintendo platforms yeah uh they've all well they've already said that they will pull the exclusivity card on call of duty from the playstation community and of course you know um the console wars are real and they're never gonna go away so um 
Uh, Sony people are not happy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> if, you, if you really want to see the Venom, get your hip waders on and go on Reddit and check it out. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's not good. Kyle, you're not a big well, console gamer to begin with. No, no I'm a PC gamer. Um, but it still affects it's going to affect PC us, gamers right? Too, right? Yeah, it's going to it's going to affect the you know the industry as a whole. Is also you know one of the things that I see anytime you've got some sort of move towards a consolidation or you know for lack of a better word a monopoly kind of situation on that is what it does to the creative aspects to the to the creators themselves. Uh, I think that's a that's a that's a big topic. You know, nothing nothing's going to get out there that they don't that Microsoft doesn't approve of. Right. Right. You know, and if it makes it tough on indie guys, um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Centralization is not always a good thing in my opinion. I think it's not going to hit the indie guys as hard because they're not competing for the same dollar. If that makes any sense, if Microsoft wanted to really, put the screws to independent publishers they would acquire steam that that would be the nail in the coffin uh for for independent game design could happen uh, i could i don't i don't know gabe will probably hold on to that for a long long time mm-hmm. um coming out of the what the fuck file we talked about the original winnie the pooh blood and honey a long time ago <laughs> oh lord and we've announced that there will be a sequel, Blood and Honey Part 2. And we've released <laughs> screens for this upcoming sequel. Uh, we oh, get to God. see Owl <laughs> for the first time. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not being fair. Maybe I need to watch Blood and Honey. Nah, no, you don't. You're, you're okay. As someone who has watched Blood and Honey, you do not. Oh, tell me, tell me why, Bert. While you do that, I'm going to share with you guys the the screens that have been released for it, so that you can you too can see Owl. There he is. There's Piglet in the background, and Owl just looks like an old man. It's a very dark and nondescript publicity photo that they released. Um, eh. Eh, Blood and Honey is coming back. What was the most egregious part of Blood and Honey, Bert? Oh, no, it was... It was just bad. (laughs) It was, yeah, I mean, you know, as somebody who likes B-movies, like, uh, I couldn't even get all the way through it. I was just like, my suspension of disbelief and the, the way the story was put together, I was just, like, disgusted with pretty much the whole thing. All right, all right. Well, you know what that means, Kyle. Watch party for Blood and Honey Part Two. We're gonna force Bert to watch it. <laughs> it's got a it's got a two point nine out of ten on IMDb. Oh, yeah, that's better than a zero. <laughs> what is the uh, Mandy Kalig Scooby Doo abortion on on IMDb right now? Is it, oh, the, is it higher or lower than Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, is what I want to know. Thinking about okay. Velma? Velma, yes. Uh, IMDb, 1.6 on right. IMDb. See, what, see, it's better than Velma. 
<laughs> That's not saying much. It might be atrocious, but it's not wokely atrocious. Uh, last story, guys. Last story. This was your option at the beginning. This was the, the part two that you could have selected. And that is Square Enix expanding its game line with a board and tabletop game in okay. the Final Fantasy world. Which one? Uh, let, me, let me read the full title for you. Final Fantasy VII Remake Board Game Materia Hunter. I think that that was a Japanese translation. <laughs> uh, it is a two-player or team versus team where folks try to collect the most materia. It's character cards, materia cards, tokens. Sounds like a either a trick-taking game or a card battler with a board. There's very limited details. More are set to come out shortly. It does have an MSRP on it already at 45 bucks, and its release is planned for April 2024. I didn't follow Final Fantasy Remake or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Is that when the next installment is going to launch on PlayStation? April-ish? I don't know. Bert, I know you played it. I did play remake. I haven't been following up on the sequel. Um, I probably will pick it up. Final Fantasy VII was one of my favorite games, but I haven't been following the release date. I've been more excited about Star Ocean, the second story R. Yeah, I know you have. That's you sunk so many hours into Star Ocean back in the over a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Got found every secret character. Tried to build everybody's relationships. Hey, I've got like two hundred hours in Death Stranding. You don't give me any props. <laughs> two hundred hours in a walking simulator, Ryan. A walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> and in the second yep. op offering, Final Fantasy fourteen, the tabletop role playing starter set. Uh -huh. Yeah, huh? Mm -hmm. It's based on the MMO. It's a box starter set that includes a player book, a GM book, four pre-mades, uh, some dice, and uh, an encounter map and character tokens, blah, 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 blah. Here's the interesting thing about this. It's a tabletop role-playing game, but it yeah. has a player count and a box time like a board game. Huh. It's got a box time of 120 minutes plus. Well, duh. You want to yeah. get characters generated in that. It's got a player count recommendation of five. Okay. And it's got an age of 14 plus. So, so it's being packaged as a board game. Is it really a role-playing game? Is it not? Is it somewhere in between? Is it Final Fantasy fiasco? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't think I'm going to know because I have zero interest in the Final Fantasy world's post-Final Fantasy 9. 10 and 11, I hung in there for, but <laughs> uh, that's it. And that's the news, gentlemen. All right. So that's the news. I guess 
I truly have aged out of Final Fantasy. That makes me sad. It does. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm older than you. What does that say about me, Ryan? I'm not that much older than me. Kyle's like the grandpa. Yeah. Oh, that's mean, Ryan. Yeah. I'm the uh, old man. That's okay. I'll take it. Uh, that's all right. I, I always tell bastards. him. He may have years on me, but uh, he'll outlive me by like three decades. <laughs> <laughs> Not the right I'm going. Uh, speaking of outlived, have we? Do, do we just throw in the towel on Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and the Dragons? Dungeons and the Dragons. Let's see where they Dungeons have me right dragons. now. Dungeons. Uh, it's me, Mario. Let's play Dungeons and the Dragons. Um, the Dungeons and the Dragons. Uh. I- I threw in the towel on them a long time ago, man. I, I when the, when the OGL thing went down, I, I that's it. Uh, okay, I, there's no coming back. They, we know the direction they're heading. It's a downhill slope. It's, the lemmings off a cliff. Just screw it. I'm gonna go somewhere else. I guess I I'm just hope springs eternal, right? I want to love my Dungeons and Dragons again because it's. I do too. I do too. I mean, it's you know one of the most valued things in the world to me is is that name but you you just sometimes you just have to accept things the way they are i guess yeah i mean the fact that we view it with nostalgia i think is what kept us hanging on this long if it were any other right you know if you picked up any other gaming system and saw so many problems you would move to something else in a heartbeat right that is true right i'm I'm very quick to jump the gun on mid-sized studios that do this bullshit um I don't know. I don't know. I think that the writing's on the wall, though. And it is officially conspiracy theory with Ryan time. Oh, boy. Put on your tinfoil hat and tell us the theory, Ryan. All right. So over the last collection of five adventures, Dungeons & Dragons have had these obelisks show up. Right, No one was sure what they were doing. The adventures, while all still within the same world, were very isolated adventures, right? Completely separated adventures. Some, some had ties. In the Tomb of Annihilation, the purpose of the obelisks has finally been revealed. And that is that it's going to reset their multiverse. Or ha- not that it's going to. They have the potential to, right? So we're, we're fighting against this, right? Are we really fighting against this? Or is this Wizards finally, with a period at the end of the sentence, saying that anything, you know, Kyle Brink has said, anything prior to 2016 doesn't exist. Is this how they're going to make that happen? Is this the Wizards finger snap? Fuck you, it doesn't exist. It never happened. We're going to wipe away Gary. We're going to wipe away the trailblazing that happened in the mid to late 70s. We're going to wipe away the lore that we created throughout the 80s. We're going to wipe away the supplements that we created expanding through the 90s. We're going to wipe away the great things. And there are not great things that came with the modern era. The early modern era, 3rd edition, 3.5, even 4th edition has mm-hmm. some positives. Mm-hmm. We're going to wipe away all of those problematic things. 
all of those sexist, racist, misogynist, bigoted things. We're going to be able to have a clean slate to write whatever we want. We've already taken Gary off the film. Let's take him off of the world. Yeah, revisionist history and for Forgotten Realms, basically, right? Because it's set Forgotten Realms. Right. For for anything. 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 Yeah. Because let's, let's, let's face facts. What's out there now? We've got Spelljammer that's out there. We've got Planescape yeah, yeah, that's coming. Yeah. Uh, we, they won't touch Dark Sun with someone else's 10-foot yeah. orc dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is their way to say, whoop. We know that it's coming. I wonder a, a couple of things, right? If they had their way and they could just do it, I think it would have already been done. I think they have to ease their way into it. No, 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 baby. It's okay. It's just my finger. <laughs> right? They're, 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 they're coaxing it in. I call that the swoop, by the way. That comes with a sound effect. <laughs> You know, if, <laughs> if you want to test your lady to see if she's up for a little something different, you flip her on her stomach, you stay in, and you uh, give her the swoop and see if she's receptive. Um, Ryan, 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 Lord. Is this Kyle Brink giving us the swoop? Not even yep. us, because here's the thing. Financially, they've released all of the old stuff. Are they at the maximum saturation? Let's face it. We bought it. We were that target audience. They wanted to recapture the folks that were going to buy it. Anybody that was buying the reprints has already bought them. Is this the catalyst for saying the world has changed? We're going to change the story world, and we're going to pull the rug out from everything else, which means that do I need to buy two more reprints just so that I can say I have them all. I'm, I'm two away, and I quit buying them because of Wizards, right? There are adventures that I'm probably never going to run. Maybe I should just buy them. I I would get them. Um, you know, earlier this year, I started, and, you know, we've talked about it because we know where some of this money goes, but I started buying up a lot of reprints um, of things that I had intended to wait on and i just was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and bite the bullet and start getting this stuff now because i because i agree with you i see a time coming when it's going to get erased um yeah the the thing to kind of feed into your conspiracy theory a little bit though is that if, if they've been having these obelisks pass uh obelisks Obedu. appear Obedu. yeah yeah i can't oh. talk you know. neither, neither can i <laughs> if they if they if these have been appearing over the last five adventures or so then and and that this is going to be the purpose of it that this is by design right they planned this out five supplements ago right and when did shit really start to get noticed like we were always watching them with an eyebrow raised but about when did we say there's something bigger going on here hmm it's about five adventures ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, about five adventures ago. Yeah, because it's, that's interesting. When when five E hit, we bought it, we read it, we were like, "This isn't the game for us," but it's not atrocious, right? I, I've yep. often said, you know, I give fifth edition and five E players shit, but I have and will play it, right? It's not the end yeah. of the world. 
when it first hit, it was fine. The core rules are, are, are fine. They there's, are. The, the core rules are, you know, there's there's nothing that terrible about them. No. Tip of the hat to our friend, the great consultant that was on Inappropriate Characters with me a couple nights ago. You know, Pundit had his hand in that, along with the rest right. of the Wizards team. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, putting on my thinking cap, and not that I would ever defend Wizards or anything like that. I'm not, a, I'm not that guy. But... Um, the uh, putting on my thinking cap, you know, is this <laughs> stop it, Ryan? Now, I could not resist. All right, go ahead, Bert. <laughs> you know, we know that these obelisks have the potential to do something. So, and we know, know what is, the something is. They've identified right, what the something right. is. So, I mean, is this a chance to offer like another tool in the toolbox for? new game masters and things like that to be able to pick and choose the supplements that they want to include in their world, use things that are already established and sort of delete the things that they don't want in their gameplay. No, because without, without attacking, right. The typical five E player is very much on rails as well. Right. Mm -hmm. They're going Mm -hmm. through modular and I'm not shitting on that. We did that when we were first learning to play as well. Right. Sure we did. There's a reason like A1 Day 4 were were legendary. It's because we've all played them a lot. So. Now, this whole thing, Bert's going to tie into the VTT and the uh, D&D 1, D&D 6E, whatever you want to call it, and how that rule set's going to get implemented within that VTT as well, because now they're going to have complete control over well, maybe not complete control, but they're going to have a lot of control over this is how you're going to play the game. You're not going to, it's not going to be a situation anymore where, you know, you can play how you want as we've so, so many of us have done over the years and be like, sure. well, I don't like it, but you can play how you want. It's, it's a, it's a more centralization again. And it's, uh, they're, they're going to be able to control a lot of that. It's like, no, you can't have that content because it doesn't work with the VTT. Right, and if it doesn't exist in the VTT, it doesn't exist because that is ultimately, and and this isn't a surprise, and they would probably agree with us, they would just not use the same language as us, it's ultimately going to be the only way to play Dungeons & Dragons. Not the only way to play TTRPGs, but the only way to play Dungeons & Dragons. So, the current version of it, yes, the current release. If you still got your old physical books, you can always get people together at a table and do your thing, and you know. Yeah, but they're burying us. Yeah, they're burying no, I'm not disagreeing us with and you. the books with us. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying there will be holdouts. I mean, there's hell, there's holdouts to this day that are like, I only run one e. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a friend. Shout out to Tim uh, down in Tampa. Uh, Tim. Even when third edition came out, you could take my Thacko from my cold dead body. Like he, he was, uh-huh. and I used to make fun of him. I was like, dude, it's just the evolution of the game. We, we, we got to go. Look, look, ascending armor class. It's a little easier. Not that it's not the exact, it's the same thing. It's just backward. I understand that. But for the way that the human mind works, it's easier to grasp. It doesn't matter. We're not. I'll play your third edition, but I just want you to know that I'm going to be every time when when I'm trying to hit an armor class, I'm going to be converting it to Thacko in my brain. 
<laughs> I like Tim. I like Tim a lot already. <laughs> so, uh, Timmy, Tim and I should me. go drinking. No, no, no. Tim, Tim, Tim lost his mind with COVID, as so many of them did, and and drew oh. the distinctive battle lines of "you're with us" or "you're against us." I love okay. Tim. I hope Tim is still listening, and he might be. Um, I haven't spoken to Tim for a couple of years because of that. And it's yeah. not my choice. Let's put it that way. There was never a mm-hmm. big blow off or anything. It was just, look, I, I can't do it because of where you fall politically, which blows my mind. Uh, he, he was one of those casualties. Um, okay. Back to the wizard stuff. Yep. I don't know if I'm right, but I got a real good feeling that I'm not entirely wrong. I'm curious to hear what everybody else says. So shoot us an email, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. Follow us and shoot us a tweet on X at nerdcognito. Or hell, use that nerdcognito hotline, 323-694-4242. 323-694-4242. Shoot us a text, or better yet, leave us the voice message so that we can play it on the show. Um, let me know. Am I still going to be batting a thousand a year from now? That's really the question. This isn't going to be a fast process. It's a slow burn. When's it going to happen? I don't know. Is it going to happen? I'm pretty convinced that it is. Bert, final thought. Well, I mean, I don't know. Fiction has always changed to follow the time that it's created in. But the when you're destroying, you know, 40 years worth of lore um, because you don't like where it was. I mean, companies have always tried to bury what they felt like with it were their mistakes, but such a big shakeup. I don't know that. I don't know that I'll be playing D and D too much longer. I, I, I agree. I know that there's a, or, or we will. You just better buy the rest of your two E reprints, Bert. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, yep. we should, we should, we should run. A two e, you know, because all of us have the time. We should run a two e session <laughs> online and and just for shits and giggles, see see if 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 it catches on. I don't know. I, and then people will be like, "Well, why don't you stream it?" I'm like, oh. We talked about that this weekend too. Actual plays. There are so few that I can actually get into. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to wish that on other people. <laughs> Uh, well, boys, it is about that time. Uh, let's take a minute. Yep. We already told everybody to follow the Nerd Cognito Twitter account. But while you're on Twitter, make sure that you give our Checkmark Hero a big follow. And our Checkmark Hero, as you know, is the Cinnamander Man. Hey, Sin, what is going on? Uh, Bert. Since we've last talked, Sin has now captured November as well. <laughs> so uh, if you are looking to be a checkmark hero, you ain't got a choice. You got December, and then at the first of the year, we're going to take a look at that system and see if we want it. Because I think a lot more people want to do it, but they want to be able to be it. And they're not being Sin, locking it up for months at a time. <laughs> um We'll see. We'll see. I, I might just let it go. Sin, you can just be the permanent checkmark. Right? <laughs> um, but it, it's a big every deal. Show, it'll be, every show, it'll be like, thanks again to Cinnamander. And 
Well, you know, I guess if he wants to shoot us a hundred bucks and just have it for the year, he could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But in all seriousness, it gives the Nerd Cognito Twitter account that all important blue check mark. Uh, So eight bucks not only gets you our thanks and it's sincere and humble thanks. We know that if you give us even a penny, we appreciate it because it means that you appreciate what you hear, even when I open my big fat mouth sometimes. So uh, it is it is truly something that's humbling, and it's a great way that you can be a part of the production. So checkmark hero, go to nerdcognito.com, click on be a checkmark hero, send the eight bucks, and ta-da, you are a checkmark hero. Other things to remember, make sure you go to YouTube right now. Don't wait. Well, if you're driving, wait. I know a lot of you listen to us in the car. Uh, As soon as you can safely do so, go to YouTube and go to our channel, which is youtube.com slash at nerdcognito and subscribe there. Yes, you heard that correctly. We have a YouTube channel now. I resisted for ever and still am uncertain about this because you know youtube is the dance with the devil but it is finally the the right time to do it that's where you can see the speakeasy alongside of rumble and x and that's where you can hear archives of this show that are rolled back anywhere from two to six weeks so check it out youtube.com slash at nerdcognito those subscriptions are critically important but not as important as the subscription and that is the one that gets you this show at the podcast provider that you are listening to us on right now go hit subscribe and tell friends to do the same thing that way you will get the show delivered to your device each and every week that's what's most important uh that's all of the stuff that's all the stuff we got lots of stuff this week the youtube gives me extra stuff kyle i don't like that either (laughs) your stuff got longer uh my name is ryan david i'm done with the stuff but I do you want like. to thank you for tuning in and listening to us each and every week. I was joined by Kyle and Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Nerd! We finally got Ryan on YouTube. Six months, he'll be dancing on TikTok. <laughs>